Hello, everybody, and welcome back to a, another episode of English with Fraser podcast. This is episode number two, so welcome back, everybody. Um, unfortunately, I'm still recording this on the laptop. I've, I have recently ordered a new mic, a nice fancy mic, so once that arrives, you should hear my voice sounding even more crisp and professional, so look out for that. As for now, just using the laptop, try to use the like a headset and the microphone with that, but the microphone wouldn't connect a little bit fiddly to set that up. So we're just rocking with the microphone on the laptop. Hope that's fine and the audio is clear for now, but we will be updating and improving the setup soon. So in this episode, as you can guess by the title, I'm going to talk about my recent trip to Malta, so my holiday to Malta. Um, so how did this come about? So sometimes when you go on holiday, you sort of just pick somewhere, maybe pick somewhere hot, somewhere you've got a recommendation, maybe check the flight, see what seems cheap. So this one was a recommendation, actually. So I have a, a friend of mine that I know through work who's actually from Malta, so a Maltese gentleman. And he recently uh, went back to Malta. Um, and I remember speaking to him about it and saying, oh, how was Malta? Da, 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 da. He was telling me a little bit about it. And I thought, you know what? I've never actually been to Malta, but I quite fancy to go. So this was a few months ago. Um, so I just had that in the back of my mind. And then I had a bit of holiday coming up, a bit of holiday I needed to take. And I just thought, you know what, why not Malta? So I get this this sort of thing occur to me sometimes where you just never really think about certain countries. So Malta, I don't really have an opinion of, never really researched it, don't know anything about it. So I thought it's a perfect destination to broaden the horizons, go there, something new, something fresh for me, and just went, right, let's just do it. So I was organising this trip and I said to a friend of mine um, who will be a guest on this podcast in the future sometime, so I said to my friend, who he's called Jay, um, I've been thinking about maybe going to Malta, looks really good. Funnily enough, he was supposed to be going to Malta for, I think he had a sort of a poker tournament or something of that description and those plans got cancelled or those plans fell through. Um, so we both just agreed, right, let, let's go to Malta, seems perfect, and the decision was made there, bosh. Um, I think sometimes guys organising things can be very straightforward, and we just say, right, let's do it, um, not much organisation is required. So he was looking at some of the flights, and because we could both take time off, it didn't actually matter when we went, so I think we picked... I think we went Saturday to Wednesday, or Saturday to Tuesday, something like that, so we could sort of fly at weirder days. Um, so what we like to do when we're booking flights is we usually use Flight Scanner, or even you can just Google it, and Google has these sort of flight comparison, sort of this flight comparison, I wouldn't say a website because it's embedded into Google, but you can type in where you want to go, the dates, and it just compares all the prices. Or even better, you can just type in Europe and select 
from X to Y date, um, and it will show all the all the flights to different locations around Europe. Um, so so this time I let my friend Jay. He sort of organised the tickets. I was quite flexible, so so he booked the flights, and and then I I was in charge of booking the Airbnb. So we opted for Ryanair in the end, which is a, a budget airline that operate around across Europe, I should say, operate across Europe. I think they are originally Irish, uh, but really big in the UK, especially sort of Stansted, um, Luton. So if you've never been to the UK, you might think, wow, London has so many airports. There must be, what, four airports? There's what? Heathrow, Gatwick, Stansted, Luton. In reality, I think all of them aren't actually in London. So there's London, I think there's London City. Yeah, there's London City because my friend from university used to fly to London City. So there's actually one in the middle of London. That one's quite expensive and sort of more businessy. So the ones that people know are generally Heathrow and Gatwick. And you might think, oh, wow, London has so many. They're not actually in London. So Heathrow, Heathrow out of the all of those four is probably the closest to London. Gatwick's just outside London. Luton's nowhere near London. I say nowhere near, probably about an hour's drive. Um, and then Stansted, I honestly couldn't tell you where Stansted is. That's north of London as well. Um, so if you if you if you were curious and went on Google Maps and sort of searched Stansted UK, you can actually see Stansted isn't in London. However, they always get titled and named London, Gatwick, London, Stansted. Um, but this isn't just a British thing because I know, where did I go? Quite a few places will say that they're in a city and in reality they're sort of outside that city. Um, can't think of another example off the top of my head. Maybe, maybe you guys have a, have a good example and you can, you can let me know, uh, write a comment or send an email. But yeah, this is quite a co common phenomenon. Um, so yeah, so we usually fly from either Stansted or Luton because these are generally where Ryanair operate the most. And Ryanair are, we like to say in the UK, cheapest chips. Cheapest chips. Chips as in fries. Chips not crisp because in, I know across Europe and America, chips are like in a bag like potato chips, Lay's. When we say chips, we mean fries. So cheapest chips. Or you can say cheap and cheerful. So Ryanair is cheap and cheerful. But we're young. Remember when I was a student, even now, we're not rich. So we're not spending as much money as possible on a flight. The aim of the game for us is to see how cheap, not necessarily as cheap as possible. If you go somewhere and back, get an Airbnb for cheap, it's always a conversation starter. It's always a conversation point. You're like, can't believe we got here and back Airbnb 250 quid. Quid, pound, 250 pounds, 250 quid. You'll hear that more. That's a lovely bit of a British slang there. So we can't believe we did that for 250 pounds. So cheap. I'm so impressed. Um, so yeah, we, we flew from, actually, yeah, we flew from Luton, Luton, from Luton to Malta, and on the way back, we flew to Stansted, so we sort of changed the airports to go with the cheapest. Sometimes Ryanair only fly one flight on that day, or only like two flights to a certain location, so you kind of don't have much choice. So they might fly from Luton, 
and then they might not actually fly back to Luton or they might fly back to Luton just on Saturday and Wednesday. And if you're not going back on a Wednesday or a Saturday, then you sort of take what you're given. But you, you shop around. This is the thing with flights. You shop around and see what's best. So my friend sorted the Ryanair tickets. So uh, thanks for him for that. Um, and then with Ryanair, I don't know if you guys have used Ryanair before, but the ticket is so cheap because you have to pay extras for the hand lu- uh, for any more luggage. So for free, you get hand luggage. So what's hand luggage? That's sort of a backpack, a rucksack, um, maybe like one of those gym bags, you know, the sort of gym bags people hold by their sides. You could get one of them. There's actually sort of a, a square box thing that you can fit the luggage in, and that's like the test. If it's bigger than that, you get slapped with a 70 euro fine. So be careful if you're flying Ryanair. Tip from, from me to you guys for free. No worries on that one. Um, but if you want to bring more luggage, you have to pay extra. And it's not a lot. It's about £40, I think, for like luggage that you put on top of you on the... Oh, what's that called? Um, sort of the bit above you where you sit on the plane, you put the luggage in there, and that costs extra. But that's sort of £40. So say the ticket's £30. That's so cheap. So good. It's cheaper than some trains in the UK. £30 for a flight there. But then if you take luggage, then it's £40 there, £40 back. That's what, 70 maybe number 70 And it starts to add up. So what we usually do, especially if we're only going for like three nights, four nights, five nights, we'll pack pack very light. So that means we'll just have one rucksack. And that'll be perfect and, and, and be suitable for us for the whole trip. So you sort of have to plan it fairly well i.e. you think, right, I'm going to wear a coat, I'm going to wear jeans, I'm not going to bring another pair of jeans or trousers, I might bring some shorts, all right, how many days, four nights, four pairs of pants, four pairs of socks, a couple of t-shirts, a couple of books, deodorant, toothbrush and toothpaste, got to be under 100 millilitres, bang, 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 so you kind of make the space work, so everything in the bag's really important, I think I brought the kit, my Kindle instead, um, bought that recent, what I say recently, last year. That's been a really good purchase. Recommend that. Nice and light. You've obviously got as many books as you bought you can download um, and take that with you on the flight. Um, perfect. So, yeah, I'm a seasoned flyer at this stage in my life. Obviously, studied in Belfast. I had to get the, the plane there. Uh, I used to frequent quite a lot in Poland, been there a lot. Obviously, traveled. I've traveled quite a lot recently. So, I'm an experienced flyer, especially Ryanair. EasyJet or Wizzair, they're my three of choice, weapons of choice, so to speak. Um, so yeah, so I was tasked with Airbnb, Jay sorted the flights out. And another thing with the Ryanair app, you have to sort of check in at least, I think at least 12 hours before the flight, but you don't know what seat you have until you check in. So you go on the app and then you click uh, check in and if you've got two uh, passengers, so for Fraser and Jay, for us two, you could check in for each one and it like allocates you a random seat. Now, the big thing is here for me, you do not want the middle seat. You do not want the middle seat. If you get the middle seat, it's heartbreak. It is heartbreak hotel, it truly is. I mean, the middle seat will be A, B, so B, E, so E or B. So if you've got E or B, you're kind of a bit, mm. Now, with Ryanair, they're all about charging you extra money because that's the business model and they're very good good at that and smart if you got a bad seat like oh, 12b so you're in the middle seat and you didn't want it you can actually pay to change seat 
Now this can be cheap, depends how far in advance. Like a regular other seat, sort of like seven, eight pounds. If you want one with extra leg room, now we're talking like 15 pounds. That's kind of like half the price of the ticket sometimes. So my rule of thumb is if it's like under a three hour flight, then I'll just get on with it. If I've got the middle seat, so be it, try to sleep. Maybe read a little bit like that. And yeah, so I was on the Airbnb duty. I booked an absolute peach of an Airbnb. This was one of the best Airbnbs I've had. It was absolutely lovely. So I wouldn't call it a penthouse because it was a small bit of flats, but it was on the top floor. So on the top floor had two balconies, not one, but two balconies. Balcony out the front, lovely sofa settee thing there with a table. Balcony out the back with a lovely view. You could see the sea. Uh, sunset and there was also a nice barbecue there uh, which is important part of this story so remember the barbecue really happy with that so yeah me and Jay got everything ready everything organized and then we headed off to the airport flew off early morning so early morning flights you might hear or might have heard what a red eye is so a red eye flight just means it's really early so maybe 5am and the reason for that is that your eyes are so tired that they're sort of red because it's so early in the morning. So that's what a red-eye flight is. So we got a red-eye flight there, and also a red-eye flight back. Because generally speaking, the earlier the flight, the cheaper it is, because say you could fly at 6 a.m. or 11 a.m., 11 a.m. is a bit more convenient. So if they charge an extra 10 pound, people might pay to do the 11 a.m. So early flights usually cheap. And I don't know exactly how the aviation industry works, but the first flight of the day seems the the less um, less luxurious and less sort of desired options uh, for the for the pilots for the passengers, uh, but who knows? So we landed in Malta. I think it must have been about eleven o'clock because of the time difference. I think they're an hour in front. It was about a three hour flight. So we landed it. Landed at Malta. Got off the plane. And then we went fairly recently, so it was in November, but it was still lovely and warm. So we got off the plane, and then immediately it's quite nice and warm. As Brits, we have this thing that, and I'm sure you guys will have it too. So if you're from a country like with a climate similar to the UK, so sort of like a, I don't know, Germany, somewhere else like that, then obviously it's hot in the summer and then cold in the winter. Then if you go further south to a more tropical country or a Mediterranean country, especially in the summer, you get that feeling when you get off the plane that the heat just hits you, sort of slaps you in the face. And it's just so hot and humid. And then I think, especially for Brits, it's always quite famous, like this feeling, oh, yeah, it felt like once I got off the plane and then the heat hits you. Thankfully, however, in Malta, we didn't quite experience this. So remember when we were queuing up to board the plane at like 6am, it was raining in the UK, no surprises there, um, cold, I didn't have a coat because I knew I was going to sunny Malta, so I just had this sort of jacket, this sort of fleece jacket, and I was freezing, uh, finally got there, but it wasn't too hot actually, it was nice and warm, so it was very nice once we got there, um, but Airbnb, they sort of give you a check-in time. We couldn't check in till I think it was two o'clock. So we arrived about eleven. So we had a few hours to kill, uh, a few hours to to make some plans uh, until we could uh, check in. So we thought, why not do some sightseeing? Why not go to Valletta? Why not go to the capital? 
and check out the fruits that Valletta has to offer. So disclaimer, we were staying in the south in, I think it's called Marsascala, very lovely place. I know lots of people do stay in Valletta, but I kind of wanted to go somewhere a little bit less touristy, touristy, closer to the uh, the beach. I mean, um, Valletta, everywhere on the island's pretty much on the beach opposite the sea, but that was my thought process. So we were, we were in the south, so we thought, right, let's get the bus, save some money. Could have got a taxi or an Uber. I think they have Bolt there, B-O-L-T. Um, we don't have that in the UK, I don't think, but I know it's quite big in Europe. So we said, right, let's just get the bus, save a bit of money, um, and we'll go to Valletta, look around. For the bus, thankfully, you could buy these sort of prepaid cards because we didn't have any cash on us. Because recently when you go abroad, you can sort of get away with just using your credit card and just doing contactless. Sort of gone are the days when you need to go to the bureau and get £40 in euros. I mean, it's sensible, don't get me wrong, it is sensible to have cash. And I got a bit of cash while I was there. But nowadays, you're kind of a bit more relaxed about it. You're a bit more chill. You think, nah, I'll be fine. I've got the, I've got the credit card. I've got the contactless. So he bought a couple prepaid um, bus tickets. And I think... I got one which was sort of like 10 journeys or five and you sort of get on, you scan it like it's the credit card, it, it beeps uh, boop, um, and then you get on the bus and these ones were quite good. My friend was telling me and my Maltese man, he was saying that if you get off the bus, look around and then get back on the bus within two hours and scan it, it counts as one journey. So as luck would have it, in that regard, we managed to get two journeys out of it, but not in a good way. Well, maybe it was okay. So we were supposed to go to Valletta, and I think it was the X4, I wanna say it was the X4. I was doing some research on Google. I was like, no, wait, Jay, I've, I've got this figured out. I think it's this one to do this. So yeah, X4, is this one, this one. Okay, quick, 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 the X4 was there. So we rushed, we got on. Only went the wrong way. So turns out, that there's an X4 going northbound and X4 going southbound. So we ended up going X4 southbound and we went all the way to the last stop, the dead end. And then the bus driver was like, all right, lads, you've got to get, he didn't say lads, but you know what I mean? He was like, come on boys, you've got to get off now. And we were thinking, oh, we want to go to Valletta. Can't we just stay on? And he said, um, yes, this bus does go back to the airport and Valletta, but in sort of 30 minutes. So we thought that's okay, we'll just look around wherever we are. So we weren't where we, we were staying, so we weren't in Mascasala, Mascascala, we were in somewhere else. I think it also began with an M or a B, can't remember the name. Maltese language is complicated. Um, and then, yeah, we just looked around there, sort of chilled by the, by the sea, um, just chilled for a little bit, 20 minutes, took a walk, embraced the atmosphere very lovely and this reminds me because sometimes in life i'll be intrigued to know what you guys think the best moments and the best plans are the the spontaneous ones so the ones you didn't plan the ones that maybe were accidental they just occurred so it's it's always the way so uh, there's a british comedian called jimmy carr and he was doing some podcasts and made a point which i agree with he was saying that no matter how good the night is, New Year's, so New Year's Eve is never as good as you think because you build it up to too much in your head. You think, oh, it's New Year's, this is going to be 
the best night of the year. And even if it is a good night, it's never as good because the expectations are too high. So I think when you go somewhere and it's an accident or you didn't mean to or you don't expect anything, that's when you sort of discover the real gems in life and you sort of have a better a better experience. Um, so this was one of those moments. We didn't look around um, extensively, but just a nice sort of 20-minute walk, looked about, saw the sea, nice sea breeze. But because we didn't plan to do it and it was an accident, it was kind of like a nice little bonus. Um, and I do think there's something to that in life, that sometimes the best plans or the best sort of nights out were like a, a random Tuesday when you were supposed to stay in and then someone said, oh, do you want to come out? And you say, go on then, let's go out for a few drinks. And then it turns out to be the best night. Same when you're like traveling. They say if you go off the beaten path, so the beaten, I think the beaten path, the warm path, beaten path. Yeah, so if you go off the usual track that everybody's on and you go somewhere that isn't sort of as touristy or isn't as well known, that's when you can find uh, the real gems. But back to Valletta, back to the capital, as we should. So we got the bus, got the bus back into Valletta. So we probably spent about an hour on this X4, but we were, we were there bright, <laughs> bushy-tailed and bright-eared on our holiday first day, ready to discover. Um, and we finally got to Valletta. Absolutely lovely. Very impressive. So you get off at the bus station and there's this big fountain right in the front. Speaking about card or cash, we were really thirsty. We wanted to get some water. Um, so we went to this little kiosk and we, I think it was a bottle of water, maybe a Fanta or something like that. Um, Fanta, absolutely. Or Miranda, wherever you're from. Fanta, one of the best drinks you can have uh, when it's hot, in my opinion. Fanta and Sprite. Mm. See, a Pepsi and a Coke, do love them, but they sort of, it's more of an evening, like when I'm having a meal. Like when you're hot and need need to be refreshed, I do think Fanta or Pep, uh, sorry, Fanta or Sprite is the way to go. So we tried to buy water off this woman, and then she was like, oh, my card reader's not working, only take cash. So then I thought, oh, no, should have got some cash out, Jay. But thankfully, there on in, so every other transaction and every other interaction we had after that accepted cards. So on the whole four days in Malta, we didn't actually need to get cash out, which was quite nice, quite nice in this modern world that you can just rock up with the old credit card and you're good to go. So we walked around sort of the edge of Valletta. So there's a few like main streets and on those main streets, it's got all the restaurants. There's a box office cathedral in Valletta, absolutely beautiful cathedral in Valletta. Um, the sort of main streets and then uh, imagine it as sort of like a oval shape. So around the edges of the sea and then in the middle of like all the flats of all the, the high street or whatever. So we were looking around the outside first because we wanted to see the sea because where we're from, you don't see sunny, sunny beaches at no in November. So we saw the sea. Uh, and there was this lovely tower, went up this sort of tower thing, had a good view of the sea. And then we were actually quite hungry, so we thought, you know what, we've got to get some food in. And whenever we go on holiday, and whenever we go abroad, we do like to sample some of the local cuisine. I remember one time we were in Prague, um, I think we ended up going to McDonald's three times. Now I like McDonald's as much as the next man, which means I like McDonald's. Um, 
but it kind of feels a shame when you're on holiday to not use that opportunity to try something different, try some new cuisine, try some new food, test the culture, um, push the limits. Now, one thing about McDonald's, I know a lot of thing, a lot of people like to sort of check the menu and see if they have different menu items in different countries. We did that. We didn't buy anything, but we did go in. So we do like to do that as well. It's always interesting because you're used to your McDonald's in your country. And then you go abroad and you're like, oh, my God, they've got the McRib. Absolutely sensational. Something like that. Didn't get the McDonald's. We thought, right, we need some classic Maltese food. I want to know what is the number one Maltese food. Now, I already had received a recommendation that the rabbit stew was <laughs> the creme de la creme of the Maltese food. So me and Jay set our sights on getting some rabbit stew. So we were walking down the, high, the sort of main street. We saw a few that looked okay. They were like, oh, happy hour, come in, happy hour, two for one drinks. Ignored that. Uh, kept walking on. Um, there was one which was Maltese. We thought, oh, not bad. And then we were walking past this other uh, other restaurant. And then this Maltese man stopped us. He stopped me in my tracks. He said, come here, son. Look at the look at the menu. Look at the menu, son. So we were looking at the menu. And this is where he got me because I had stopped. So the key is you've just got to keep walking if you don't want them to interrupt you. But I'd already stopped. He got my attention. But I started speaking to him. I said, what's the best Maltese food you can get around here? And he said... Don't worry about that. We've got starter, main, Maltese dessert, all for a set price. You can't say fairer than that. And you know what? It was one of those moments where it was beautiful salesmanship. My friend Jay, he said, oh, you know what? I respect that. That's a man who can sell. That's a very, very, very key skill to have in life. But he got us, stopped us from walking, and then sort of sold it. And then he gave us a little speech. And then he said something like, if you don't like it, you don't have to pay and you can shake my hand on that there's nothing fairer than that so we shook his hand we were sold we thought right stop off here let's try it i think we had i think we both had the same so we had like ragu which is sort of italian maybe maltese um bolognese sort of ragu very nice i do a mean bolognese so i appreciate that rabbit stews for mains again very nice quite tomatoey stew it was a bit more tomatoey than I, than I thought it would be. I have had rabbit in the past, but I honestly can't remember. Maybe only like once or twice, but the rabbit was pretty decent, actually. Uh, better, better than I thought it would be. And then for dessert, it was this sort of... It was made from dates. You sort of know dried dates. Um, sort of dried plum sort of thing, dates. Um, and it basically tasted like a fig roll, like a British fig roll. Uh, give fig roll a Google. That's F I G space R O L L. And if you find that on Google, that's exactly what that dessert looked like and tasted. Very good, very nice. Overall, good food. Seven point five out of ten. I'd have given it nice, honest Maltese food. Um, so we went back to the Airbnb, and then we just sort of chilled. Had a couple of bottles of wine over the evenings. Went for some nice evening walks. And because of the barbecue on the balcony, we thought we would be foolish 
downright foolish not to use the barbecue, not to make the most of this great barbecue in this beautiful scenery. So we went to this sort of frozen shop. We couldn't find a butcher's or a fishmonger's for a while. We were looking for ages, couldn't find anything. Found this shop that did all frozen food. Ironically, right next door was a fishmonger's and a butcher's, but we'd already seen this frozen place and we were set on it. So we just went in there, went into the frozen place. Almost like an Iceland. So in the UK, we have Iceland that mainly does frozen foods. It, it, it has branched out and now does so other stuff. But reminded me of Iceland. In fact, they even had Iceland burgers in there, which was quite funny. But because it's an island in the middle of nowhere, um, off the Mediterranean, off Italy, sort of off the east coast of Africa, as you can imagine, they don't have that much... Uh, sort of livestock and agriculture sort of a bigger country would so they have to import all this food in so it means that a lot of the meat was actually quite expensive um so we were quite shocked with that um but yeah so so some of the meat was quite expensive so what did we get we got burgers so class classic british barbecue we got burgers sausages corn on the cob love it um chicken like sort of peri peri chicken and then we thought, we're so close to the sea, it would be rude not to. It would be absolutely rude not to get some seafood. So eventually we decided on prawns because we thought, why not? Sort of garlic prawns will do them. They'll be absolutely delightful. But all that, a bit more alcohol, sort of maybe some crisps as well. I think we were nibbling on crisps. Nibbling, that means to sort of munch, to sort of eat, sort of eat like a little bit, a little bit here, a little bit there. So nibbling on crisps crisp got back to the accommodation got back to the airbnb and then we cracked on and commenced with the barbecue so we get back to the accommodation um and my friend is a classically schooled classically trained in the culinary arts so he's gone to sort of culinary um college and done all his qualifications worked in some good kitchens so in my opinion he's a he's a professional man and i trust him behind the stove i trust him in front of the barbie um, so we cooked up this sort of feast, as, as it was, had a few beers, watched the sun, absolutely lovely, beautiful food, lovely company, really enjoyed it. So, so we ate a lot of it, ate most of the burgers, I think we had some cherry tomatoes we did, um, corn on the cob, oh, corn on the cob with butter on a like, grill, oh, absolutely fantastic. So we ate all this food, um sort of chilled in the in the evening, a glass of wine, relaxed, talk, I think we were talking about music, had a lovely good conversation about that. And then I, I, I went to bed fairly early, sort of 10 o'clock, and my friend went a bit later. So I slept really, really good. I slept like a baby, as we say. And then I woke up, and I had this text from Jay at like 3 a.m., 3 o'clock, and he was like, oh, are you feeling okay? And I was, I was a bit confused. I was a bit baffled. Feeling okay? Yeah, 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 I'm fine, I'm fine. So I got up, saw him, and he was like, oh, mate, I've just had the most awful bug. So a bug, like a, a stomach bug, or when you feel ill, when you're sick, um, or like a virus, also can be called. So he was like, I just had the worst bug. I've been on the toilet all, all, all night. Um, he was like, I think it's either the tap water 
or the prawns because when you go abroad on holiday the tap water can often be different to what you're used to so the tap water here in the uk is pretty bad um and i wouldn't recommend drinking that so buy a filter wherever you are but the tap water abroad because it's different it's like i'm no medical man disclaimer uh, so, so take this medical advice with a pinch of salt. But it seems to me that, I don't know, your stomach can't quite digest the water. It's not used to the, the chemicals in it or something something like that. So we thought it was the water or the prawns. So I thought, yeah, could be, but I felt absolutely fine. So that day was a bit of a write-off. So Jay wasn't feeling that good. So he sort of chilled in bed. I just... Uh, walked around the island a little bit, did a bit of work on some some projects I'm working on, namely the one you're listening to now, um, and then came back and then we sort of chilled a little bit. And then I felt fine, so I was like, oh, that's strange. And I just didn't think anything of it. Next day, felt fine. And then the day after was the day we had to go back, so our flight was sort of 6 a.m. in the morning. Um, so we got to the airport the night before to play it safe because we thought... Oh, if the taxi doesn't turn up at 3am, then worst case scenario, we're stuck. And Malta could think of worse places to be stuck, mind you. Um, so we got to the airport early. So we got there, it was like 11 o'clock. Sat down on the sofa and I suddenly started feeling a bit ill. I just like started feeling a bit dizzy and nauseous and just a bit ill. And then, much like my my friend Jay, I had the same bug, but, or this virus, so it might have been the prawns, or it might have been a virus, so this virus hit me two and a half days later when I got to the airport. Talk about the worst timing in the world. So I'm in the airport, I'm on the toilet, I mean I don't need to give you any more details, but oh, that's the most unlucky timing I've ever seen in my life. And then obviously we got on the plane early at six in the morning, that's like the worst I've ever felt on a plane journey, but I, I just thought of my say, get on the plane and then once you're on the plane you're going home even if you feel ill on the plane you're going home we got home uh we got picked up uh got home went to bed and just slept the remainder of the day um but apart from that absolutely lovely lovely uh lovely place uh, lovely holiday really recommend to go to malta um in in the summer it'll be even hotter and warmer if you like that sort of thing but even in november it was beautiful and I remember we were saying, as as Brits, because obviously uh, a lot of places in November, December, it's so rainy, so cold, dark at four o'clock, so bad. And it felt like we we're going back in time in the sense we felt like we were flying from winter to summer. So that was like a really, the first time we've ever done that. So that was a unique experience. Um, really good. And I haven't eaten any seafood since then. And it's been two weeks. So moral of the story. Watch the water and be careful with the seafood when you're on holiday, especially frozen seafood. Right, I hope you enjoyed that episode. Um, I'll be recording another one shortly. If you have any feedback or any questions, please email me at englishwithfraser at gmail.com. Link is in the description. Also, please do follow, leave a rating. Any feedback's appreciated and I'll see you in the next one. All the best. Take care. Bye-bye.